Hi, this is Dr. John Nyman with Sunrise Community Church, and we are embarking upon a brand new program called Cornerstone Messages. We're excited to share these with you. We are going to go through the Bible this year. It may take us a little longer than a year. I'm not really sure how long it will take you, or I should say take us as we go through it. But we are going to study the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. And one of the reasons why I want to do this is because if we don't understand the Word of God, then we are going to be held accountable to what we don't know. And ignorance is really not bliss. Ignorance is going to still cause us to be held accountable we are not going to be able to show up someday before the throne of God and say, I just didn't know what your word had to say. We are responsible. We're in a brand new year. This is January 1st, 2022. It's exciting. I mean, we, we get an opportunity to embark. And I know, I know we've gone through some difficult times and we don't know what the future holds. Only God does. But it's an exciting time because we can start over again. We can begin new. We can move forward. We can be on fire for God, on fire for Jesus. And so this new program, Cornerstone Messages, are messages that are going to be based upon the scriptures, which is the cornerstone of our life, the cornerstone so that we can build and grow. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And I want you to grow like never before in your Christian life. I not only want to see your life change, but I want to see you transformed into the very image of Christ because God is very passionate about your growth. God is passionate about what the Bible calls sanctification. Now, let's not be afraid of using biblical terms or larger terms than what we're used to. Sanctification is from a Greek word, hagios, and it simply means to be set apart, to be holy, to be growing. To be sanctified means that you are moving forward, that you're growing into holiness. You're getting closer to God and away from your way, away from sin. Now, I want you to understand the basis for Christianity, the basis for your growth is Jesus Christ. You must have made a commitment to Christ. To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved really does mean, believe means that you repent of your sins. You turn from your ways to Christ. Let's not have any kind of flawless thinking. Um, well, I should say let's have uh, thinking that is flawless, right? I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to um, think that you're saved if you're not truly saved. You know, you should be growing away from self. You should be growing away from sin. Self-centeredness, self-absorbed people, selfishness is the opposite of Christianity. Actually, the Bible says that we are to grow in our love for God and grow in our love for people. He said that it's our love that really reveals that we truly are 
his people. Love is the opposite of selfishness. So you're going to have to dive into the word this year. You're going to need to study. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So this year, let's begin with a commitment that we resolve to study the Bible, that we resolve to seek after Christ with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And let's be very clear that Christianity, yes, it is distinctively different. Christianity is based upon the statements that Jesus made, but it goes beyond that. It's also based upon Jesus himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Christ is the only way. It is very uh, exclusive, if you will, because you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. And not all roads lead to heaven. Not all beliefs lead to heaven. Not all roads and beliefs and religions lead us to Christ. They don't lead us to heaven. So let's be very clear. We're talking about pure Christianity that, yes, maybe in this era of time that it is uh, unpopular. Maybe it is unpopular to be a Christian. Well, we are called by God to declare the scriptures, to declare Christ to our generation at this point in time in history. So I want you to take a moment. Let's pause for a moment. I'm going to take a, a, a break here just to let you think and ask this question. Do you know the Lord? Are you saved? Are you forgiven of your sins? Have you repented of your sins? Are you going to heaven? Take a moment to think about that. All right. What is your conclusion? Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? If not, do you realize that you are a sinner? Do you realize that you have violated the laws of God? Do you realize that you need to be forgiven of your sins? Do you desire that? If you truly desire to be forgiven of your sins, if you truly desire to know that you are made righteous by God, that God himself is the only way that you can get to heaven, that because of our sin, because we are conceived in sin, because as we grow, we begin to violate the laws of God ourselves. We're personally responsible for our own disobedience. We cannot blame our parents. We cannot blame other people. We simply have to agree with God that we personally are responsible and we need to repent. That means to change your mind. That means that you're going in one direction. You're going to go into a different. You got to turn from yourself. You got to turn from your ways. You got to turn from your ideas. Maybe you've been embracing a philosophy, a religion that totally violates scripture. That is totally wrong. That means you would have to recant. 
you'd have to renounce that particular philosophy or religion in order to embrace Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So let's be very clear. That's where we begin. So if you do desire to be forgiven, if you do really realize that you are a sinner and that you have been feeling very helpless, hopeless, like there's no hope for you, then now is the time. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day to give your life to Christ, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ so much so that you're willing to renounce every sinful activity in your life, turn from it, and come to Christ, admit to him right now that you're a sinner, you need to be forgiven, and you're repenting of your sins. Tell him, take time. Now, let's assume that you've already done that. You say, Pastor John, I've given my life to Christ, and I have repented of my sins, and I'm trying to grow and mature. Well, we need the Word of God. So today, before we begin studying the Bible, I want to take a few moments just to discuss about the Bible. Now, discussing about the Bible, I realize, is not studying the Bible. But we've got to discuss about it so that we understand how did we get it? How did we get the Bible? God moved upon holy men of God, and he gave us the very words. It is progressive revelation, meaning, meaning this, that God progressively over the years, how many years? About 1,400 years, about 40 different men that he used. But he came upon these men, and he gave us the very words through the men, but God inspired the words. The men were not inspired, but the words are inspired. The Bible says all Scripture is given by God. God breathed. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspiration does mean God breathed. He came upon these men by the Holy Spirit, selected the very words from their vocabulary to give us the words that he wanted us to have. Not just the messages, not just concepts, but the very words. But inspiration means that we received revelation from God and the book that we hold in our hands that we call the Bible, 66 books, that book is authoritative. That book is to govern our life. That book we are to follow, to believe, to obey. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Treasure my commandments. We are to treasure, to keep, to obey, to love his commands. We are to love the word of God. So if you've committed your life to Christ, then it is time that you realize that you must be obedient to him. God is not interested in sacrifices, he says in Samuel, but he is interested in our obedience. We need to be obedient to the word. And you can't be obedient if you don't know. So we have the Bible, which is revelation. We got the Bible through inspiration, and we understand the Bible through illumination. So that's very important. God took over 1,400 years, over 40 different people, moving upon them by the Holy Spirit, giving us the very words that he wanted us to have through inspiration, through God breathed out those words on paper through these people. 
so that we then can understand his will, his ways. So we have revelation, inspiration, and illumination. It would behoove you to understand those, to remember those. Now, the question would be this, since we're talking about the Bible, does God just give people today words like he did in past time? Is God giving more prophecy? Is God still speaking? You know, probably all of you have had someone come up to you and say, God spoke to me. God told me to tell you this. Well, here's the point that I want to make very clear. That once we have the 66 books, which the old timers used to call the canon, our early church fathers called the Bible the canon. The canon meaning it's a measuring stick. There was a measuring stick for them to determine which books got omitted, uh, placed into um, the scriptures, and which books got omitted, which could not get placed into. So, so the Bible. The canon was the ones that were used by the church. That was one of the criteria for the Bible to get placed into the canon. Uh, the church at large had to use it. It had to demonstrate inspiration, and it had to be written by an apostle or someone that was a companion of an apostle. For example, Luke or Mark, they were companions. Luke was a companion of Paul. Mark was the companion of Peter, and so those books were accepted into the canon. So those were the three criteria that they used. It had to be accepted by all the churches at large in that day, had to demonstrate inspiration, and it had to be written by an apostle or a companion of an apostle. So we have then the Bible. So the point is this. God is not giving any more inspiration. God is not giving any more revelation. God is not giving any more prophecy. He's not speaking to people. He might be leading us and guiding us. The Spirit of God might be working our life and speaking in that manner, but not in the idea that God is giving any more words of Scripture. So it would be biblically inaccurate to say that God told me to tell you da-da-da, or for someone to say that uh, here's new insights or here's a new book. And there's many new prophets and books and so-called apostles coming on the scene, and, and there's going to be many people that are going to say they are Christ, and the Bible would clearly say that there are antichrists coming, but no one uh, truly being sent by God to give new words. We have 66 books that we call the Bible. Those are the words of God. Those are the words that the church has accepted over the last 2,000 plus years. Those are the ones that we should study. And those are the ones that have been given to us by inspiration of God. So I hope this is clear. Now, that means you've got to study. So what do we study? Well, we're going to go to the book of Genesis and study it. And also, what translation should we use? Well, I'll be using the New King James. Uh, the King James is a very reliable 
harder to understand. New, New King James seems to be a good, reliable version. There are other good uh, versions of the Bible out there as well. But um, those are the ones I'll be using as I read and study and, and want you to learn from. So we are going to begin then in Genesis chapter 1. And today I'm only going to read one verse right now to start with. And that is Genesis 1.1. Because as we begin this new adventure of studying, I do want you to hear this particular word. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I probably could take uh, a whole week to talk about that because we live in a day where we are taught that we evolved from the slime pit or the burst of stars or whatever else the intelligento people are trying to teach us. But it's all nonsense and um, foolishness, actually, from God's perspective. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God is the word in Hebrew, Elohim. Elohim is referring to the God of creation, the God who is all-powerful, the God who is all-knowing, all-wise, self-sustaining the God who does not need anyone. He is the God, the living God, the true God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so as we go through Genesis, we will learn and begin to see clearly how we know that we actually live on a young earth. It's only about 6,000 years old. And we're going to learn this. We're going to see this from the Bible. It doesn't matter what the science says. Science only has enough insight to look at what we have to look at. Uh, it's called historical science when you want to look at creation. Where did we come from? So you either have uh, a view of a non-Christian scientist looking at the same evidence as you do a biblical scientist or a Christian scientist or a theologian, but we all have the same historical evidence. It's just what lenses we're looking at to find what we want to find there. But the evidence uh, is only uh, uh, to be interpreted well, because you can't do observational science with creation. You can't go back and repeat it. So you have to interpret the historical data, and you're either going to look at it through the eyes of God, or you're going to look at it through the eyes of no God, humanism. And so you're going to have to decide which way you're going to look at the evidence. But I want to tell you the truth, that the reality is there is a God. He is here. He is not silent. He has spoken. And he has entered into this world that he created. And we're going to study that. For now, this is Dr. John Nyman with Sunrise Community Church. New program called Cornerstone Messages. So stay tuned for more to follow. God bless you. May this be a blessed new year for you. 
Our Father, we ask your blessings on this new year. May you use it for your honor, your glory. May you help us to not only be changed, but transformed as we study your word and get to know you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay close to God. Talk to you next time.